So if you can just speak yeah. to the mic, like not too far. Let me. Uh, how close. do I? How do yeah, you can just pull it. Yeah. Okay. Pull Dude, like this so. is a. Where'd you get this mic stand from? Um, I don't know. Great. On, I think on B and H. All right. Dude, so we are equipped. rolling. We are rolling. Can you hear me? We're yeah. good. Live. We're gonna do. It's gonna be a very casual episode here on From Forward. Okay. Um, I have a good friend of mine here, Ezzy Hirsch. Let's go, baby. Um, if you we don't are know here. Him, um, check on Spotify. But before, let's discuss like everything before the music. Obviously, a lot of people know you now through you perform a lot, you do a lot of parties, lighting, music, and obviously people mostly know you for your awesome music on Spotify. And I just wanted to start off like, who is who is Ezzy before all this, like before the whole music, and ha- when did that start? So I love that question. Um, you know, I started music roughly six, seven years ago for the first time. In terms of my own music, writing music, I've always been a big music fan. Um, I, I never envisioned uh, a career in music. Mm-hmm. It's funny, most people that are musicians, I feel like, I mean, it could be I'm wrong, but most people that are musicians have like this, this vision since they're a young kid, or at least in high school, of, like, I want to pursue music as a career, I want to do whether it's, you know, I never had, that wasn't even in my, um, it wasn't even in my playbook at all. Like, I was like, you know, I, I would say the reason why it wasn't is just because I didn't feel like it was tangible. You know, I didn't feel like it was like, practical to do it and there was also no like there was no real like um legitimate path for me to pursue music especially in high school because I wasn't like a singer like a Jewish singer right Mm -hmm. and I wasn't like even thinking about writing rap music then so it wasn't like just it wasn't even on the radar I was like you know I never thought I'd become like a hopa singer or anything like that it's funny in high school I didn't know what I was what I wanted to do that was always my struggle I remember in high school being like I have no idea how in the world I'm going to make a living because I know for sure I'm not going to, like, be an accountant or lawyer or one of these desk jobs. Like, I know that's not me. Like, I'm too much of, like, this personality and, like, artist, I guess. It, just by nature. But not, you know, not necessarily I was writing music. Just the idea of, like, I was just, like, this, I don't know, like, I guess free-spirited. Free, free but later on in life, I started writing music, probably 22, 20, you know, 22, 20, 23 even maybe. Um, and that's when I just was like testing the waters, and that music was very different than music I put out today. It was more like just like you were, yeah. put, you were putting that music out, or you just like yeah, you were just I, recording and stopping for fun. Or no, it's funny. It on Spotify yeah, the first I, song the, you were going hard. The first song I, I put out was a song called "Just Fly." It was the first song I recorded, so that was pretty much it. And um, I remember was that, that song? Yeah, you know when it's time, you know we take it way back, back to high school when everybody wanted nothing but to be a fool. And now this, yeah, it was it was like the first lyrics I've really written, you know. Um, and I just put it out because why not? And it, what were your intentions when you put that song out? Were you like, okay, I'm gonna start doing this like once a month as a hobby? Right, it's a good question. Like I'm just doing this song to put out because it's art for me and I want people to hear it. Or was it like, oh, maybe people will like this, they'll gain traction, I'll continue it. Like, what was your thought process then? Or was it? Yeah, it's such a good question because I can't tell you that I knew for sure at that time what I what my like long term goal was with it. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay, let's put it out, see what see what see what what happens. And then I was in Waterbury at the time as a dorm counselor, so it was great in terms of just because when you make music, you want people to hear your music, yeah. just like anything. If there's art, you want people to appreciate your art, or at least at least know about it, be informed about it. You know, there's something a little bit like suffocating about putting out art and not being able to share it. Mm-hmm. You know, because of course you you have the ability to be able to express, but you're not able to express it to anyone. It limits the I don't know that that creativity and free spiritness that you get from it. So having all the people in Waterbury to just listen to it was so great because I was like, hey, I put out a song and Waterbury is the most supportive, like loving, like yo, they got your back with whatever you do. They're you also could very into music. There. They're very into music too, but like <laughs> you could tell them that you know I'm starting a, a I don't know a horseback riding company and they will all be there the first day that you open like hyping you up like like no matter what you start they're gonna be there. So for me it was great. You get an immediate audience of just all the Bahram. And the dorm counselors and the rebellion. Like, it was amazing. So it was a great way to start making music. And then from there, it kind of progressed into more vulnerable, honest music. The earlier songs that I put out were absolutely not um, honest music. It was just fun music. Just like like rhyming and raps and like chilling and stuff like that. But nothing really where I was like, okay, let me put a piece of my internal neshama out here. on the. On. And only as I got more comfortable with myself... 
first of all, as a person, and secondly, as a songwriter and as an artist, that's when I started, I guess, tapping into more of the real stuff that was kind of more like, you know, real, like, yeah. like I would say the first song that had real depth to it was probably Don't Let Go, which could be my most well-known song that I wrote with my friend Chaim Chalik of uh, Isaac Gordon, you know, and then from there, I kind of, kind of took on this path of putting out, I guess, heartfelt and tapping into a lot of that struggle and stuff like that. Yeah, but even like even before you put out, like say, like you were saying, more personal like music, mm. any, putting out any like any song of yourself singing and putting yourself out there is being vulnerable. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of putting your music out there to like to anything like untested waters is yeah, definitely a risk, and it is vulnerable. Like, no, I'm saying, what was your mindset going into putting your first song out? Because I'm sure. Um, maybe maybe you just don't care at all, but I'm sure some people would be insecure. Like their first song, what are people going to say? Oh, this guy thinks he's this or this. You know what I mean? It's when you're starting anything, before yeah. you come, like now people know you as, as you know. Everyone knows. Oh, why he's a great. You know, he's a great singer. He's a lot of energy. But before that, you were just you know, as he's a regular guy. You were not known as a singer. Yeah. So people were, were you? Were it's you funny the perspective. The like, were you scared of like, okay, they're going to think I'm this wannabe singer, or right. or were you just like, I don't care. Like, I'm doing this for me, and I'm doing my thing. It's so funny hearing your perspective because because I'm not gonna lie, I remember because we're, we're good friends. Yeah, no, like I know you from LA, from you know childhood, you know. Absolutely. So I remember when it came out, like people were saying, "Oh, you know, like you know, people, you know, people always, you know, the guys are they talk, oh, as he thinks he's this, or he's putting this sure. song out." Sure. You and were probably when I put that out. I'm trying to think now because you guys are probably still even in high school, no? Yeah, we're like probably like seniors, yeah, and that's when like time sent me the song. Yeah, but like I'm saying. Were you nervous of people in your age group saying, like, talking smack, or you're just doing your thing? Yeah, it's so funny, because hearing your perspective on that is so different, because, like, it's so fu- No, not at all. I wasn't even thinking about public perception mm-hmm. at the time. If I were I to... I would be, like, I guess... Oh, that's a that's personality like, thing. I don't know. Like, but I, for sure... But now that... If I would have, like, thought about it, of course, I probably would have been somewhat inhibited and, like, you know, maybe shouldn't put it out, but no, 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 like... I was just like, yo, let's put this out. I wasn't even yeah. thinking about the, like, the public consumption of it. Yeah. For, forget their opinion of it. Like, even people even listening to it. I wasn't even, just put it out, you know? But in hindsight, yeah, you're right. Like, putting out something new is like, well, what are people going to think? What, what direction is he going in? <laughs> Especially, like, the rap music was very, like, it wasn't anything within the Jewish world. Yeah, it's also like... And it wasn't, it wasn't Jewish. My music is not Jewish. It's just, like, you know, and for sure back then, it, was, it wasn't even anything... Meaningful. It was just like fun hip hop rhymes, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been a journey process of self, um, you know, like I, I guess identification and, and really knowing who I am as a person, who I am as an artist, and obviously they, that reflects one another. When did it start going from let's say a hobby to like okay maybe this can be um, career a career? Or, hey, this is really getting traction. I want to continue this. I want to put more effort into songwriting. Like, yeah, when did that start. So when I got married, um, that's when I needed to decide on what I want as a career. Because up until you're married, I wasn't like this hustler worker guy. Like I, I'm a low maintenance, like I'm a look low maintenance. I can live in, I was living in my parents' house, you know, driving an old car that they had. Like I wasn't, you know, a lot of my friends, like once they hit like 21, 22, like they're working, they need to hustle and make money. Like I don't care about any of that. Like I was literally sleeping at home, eating whatever was made for dinner. Thank God I have. Uh, you were like, saying you're not a materialistic guy. You're not well, I mean, thank God, God blessed me with a family that, that was okay, you know, having a bed for me and eating at home with the family. You know, I, you know, it was like some people maybe don't have that, that luxury. But more than that, I didn't need. I didn't need a nice car and, and my own apartment, fancy things. I didn't need to buy clothes or, you know, I lived in whatever clothes I lived in, you know, up until then. And, and, and I drove whatever car from 20 years. You know, like I, I was just chilling. Once I got married, that was the first time literally in my life I was like, oh my gosh, there's this thing called money that I need to do in order to survive. Because up until then, I was blessed to just live by my parents' house, you know? Thank God I was able to do that. And then that's when I was like, all right, what am I going to do to make money? Um, I was kind of working in, like, in, in the company with my brother and my dad a little bit, but I knew that wasn't long-term because it's just not, not, nothing I wanted to do. And then that's when I had to do this pivot of, I was like, okay, I love music. Right now, my songwriting career is not going to finance this. Um, What's the next best thing? DJ, you know? Yeah. DJ's music. It's not necessarily my, you know, full-on dream of expressing myself as an artist because it's just playing other people's music, like dance music for people to dance to, but still it's the next best thing of like... And that's when I went all in on DJing. And I was like, I didn't want to initially. That was not like my like natural trajectory or like my even... What I, was it just w- to keep it rolling? It was just to keep within the world of music, have that flexibility and that... 
financial freedom, if you will, of still being able to pursue music as I want to because I'm working for myself as a DJ, um, as opposed to taking an office job or whatever it is. So the DJ, I went all in. Like, thank God. I just, like, bet on myself and just, like, hustled and grinded out DJ gigs from, like, we're talking, like, my first gig was, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a, I think a three-year-old party. I'm not even joking. That was my first gig, like, and and it takes like like I, I was like a 25 year old dude spinning tracks with a bunch of two year olds dancing, you know, but there wasn't a sense of like Boucher, like I'm a, like I'm a I'm a I'm a get the job done type of guy. Like I don't care about any sort of like, oh here's this you know married man you know and he's you know doing a party for a bunch of two and three year olds dancing. Yeah, you're like I don't care. If this is the couple dollars I needed to to go towards the rent or whatever I need to pay for, it, I was like, let's do it, you know. And thank God I. I Went all in, and that really, Baruch Hashem, built itself up to, thank God, you know, it's it's going great now with the DJ and the lighting and all that, but that gives the ability to continue my own songwriting, which has taken on its own life and also its own uh, financial, you know, income as well. So now I have the kind of this duality of the DJ, and like DJ Ezzy and Ezzy the singer-songwriter, which now, are yeah, two now. different brands, but they both kind of feed into each other. So now, it's You'll cool. be like hosted at parties or you'll be singing at a certain events like you just flew out here to Florida. Right. So so I guess it... But like another thing I just thought of now, like did the financial aspect of, you know, obviously having to make a living within this industry that you're so passionate about, like taint your your music or taint like the feeling you have of like, okay, this is not like a hobby passion that I love doing. This is, okay, I got to put bread on the table. Right. So it's a great question. My first album, Childhood Dreams, which still holds such a dear uh, place in my heart, was written all during that first year when I got married, when I was juggling this DJing, because I didn't have a job. So there was, no, there was no like, you know, like, oh, I have this. I was like hustling DJing, and, and God sent me literally every dollar I needed up until like the dollar. Like, it was crazy. That whole first year, was, it was amazing. But I went all in. Like, I bet on myself, and that was it. But that, I was still so early on in the money game to be busy with money problems. I was just like so excited if I made a dollar. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, like I wasn't thinking about financial stresses because I was able to just get just enough money just to pay the bills for that month and that's it. Oh, I'm talking I had zero savings, bro. Like zero dollars in the bank account every month, no problem. But that was such, I was so free because like, oh, I was able to make, make the payments, let's go. You know, like I didn't work at all before I got married. I, I didn't walk into marriage with like, you know, crazy like savings at work. I, I wasn't the type of person I was. Um, so it didn't taint it at all. I was actually in a great place and I wrote some of the best music I've ever written during that, that year. And I put out Childhood Dreams and I, you know, Put out that whole album. That's probably my favorite album, along with it's, obviously Eight Nights is yeah, Eight Nights is good track. Hanukkah it pops off now, yeah, which it gets like it gets like fifty thousand streams over Hanukkah yeah. every year, and then I listen to it like five times. <laughs> I mean, because it, it's are you go to any Hanukkah playlist, it's at right. the top. Right, I think it has like I don't know more than one hundred fifty thousand plays or something. Even I don't know, yeah, something like that. Or so thousand. It's yeah, it's it's a big blessing. Hanukkah every year it goes joop, and then like you know, obviously I understand you don't want to send the Hanukkah you song. Get, in the you get a, you ever get like March. um um like caught on your phone looking at the stats of like me i mean i do it with the podcast for sure I'm just curious, like, yeah you know like you know you can see how many people tuned in how long they listen for like it's pretty cool to look at the stats yeah. I, I don't check in my spotify artists too often but hanukkah for sure i check in because of just the nature of it blowing up with yeah. with the, with this with the track um but the answer back to your question is no i actually didn't feel any sort of stress that tainted the artistic side of my music i was in a very free flowing spirited place and financial burdens wasn't yet a thing because uh -huh. I didn't even have that concept of financial and the future of all that. I was just like day to day. Doing, uh -huh. And I think, by the way, that's the purest way of living life. You know, this whole, this whole idea of financial burdens taking a toll on people to affect their daily lives is, 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 is a facade it's because any sort of uh, nervous or anxiety is a facade because there's, no, there's nothing to be nervous about because the fear of the future. The fear of the future is, is, a, is, 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 a, is, a, is a hoax because either it is or it isn't. And if you could do something about it, you do it. If you don't, do it. But that, that feeling of, oh, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be able to afford life in the future? That's crazy to think about because right now you're here. So that thought is doing nothing but harming you right now. It's not helping you in any sort of way. And if you get to a point where in the future you need money, so then you're going to actively go do something as opposed to just sitting and thinking about it. So the whole idea of like... It's tormenting your mind. Yeah, yeah it's, it's craziness. But we all do it because we're humans. Yeah. But that's uh no. It's interesting you say that. I yeah. I heard a line. I'm probably gonna ruin it, but I heard something like we like fear is like something about the future. Like let's say pain. People have pain or fear and anxiety. That anxiety is 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 fear of possible things that could happen in the future, and it's not current things. Sure. You know what I mean? Like let's say someone's gonna. I don't know. I'm thinking a random example. They're gonna get a shot. 
So they're about to get that shot, and it's really a one-second, like, pinch. But they're thinking in their head, like, actively, oh, my God, that shot, that shot. That, and they're, they're literally creating, like, 40 seconds of pain before the one second. Sure. Because they're thinking of that possible pain. So yeah. I think it's a similar thing in it's a way. It's what it is. I mean, so this is no, 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 this is a good conversation. First of all, I'm just going to put my phone on mute because I just got a call and I realized that I probably should do that. Sorry about that. Um, no, this is, it's an interesting discussion. But that's, there's a moon and that, that's a whole other sure. aspect. You can talk about that for hours. In essence, yeah. I'm, there's so like I'm, just living in the present and, okay, what can I do about it now? I mean, we're getting off topic. We should, no, I love it. This is not this off is topic. Not this is on topic because this is what I've kind of morphed into. Like, I'm very into the mental health game and understanding the mind and all these things. Yeah, and, so and I, like, I, let's, let's hop right into that. So that's like my that's like my thing, and that's a lot of where my music comes from. Like my specific struggles when I when I write about a lot of emotion and pain and 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 in my music, it's not necessarily like situational difficulties. It's a lot of just internal mental health struggles that I've dabbled with. Again, and many artists, creatives have this, like our brains are a little bit kind of all over the place, you know? Yeah. So that can lead to more of that um, confusion, if you will, which leads you to an interesting place mentally. So, but back to what you were saying is the idea of fear is, is a smokescreen. It's not real. It's just a thought about something. But if you wouldn't have a thought about it, then all you're experiencing is just the actual thing that that you that happened and that is just the reality right most so, of, so you're saying fear is 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 is, is, is a illusion of something that a reality in the possible future fear so let's is, say you see a bear no i'm trying to understand what you're correct saying. you're trying to say you're in front of a bear you're scared fear is a moment. thought fear is just a thought that your mind creates and says you know what oh my god there's a bear holy moly what if it kills me okay now what about a person who sees the bear and doesn't think what happens if he survives, he survived. If he's dead, he's dead. Uh, so in but, reality, he's in danger at that point. But that doesn't make a difference to the fear. fear what, we, what human beings internalize as fear is, is unnecessary feelings of anxiety. Fear. Uh, it's a thousand percent mental. Oh, it's, yeah. It's but it's no, necessary to survival because of our instincts. Well, if, if... Because if you don't get... Let's say you don't react to that fear in that situation in front of a bear and you're just chilling there... You could die. So that's why I think we have... Correct, but I don't know... So Not to get too technical, but I don't know if what's going to make you um, survive is the fear or just like, I want to live. Yeah. The idea of the... You know, there's two ways to look at it. Like, oh my God, I don't want to die. But that fear, you can consume right? And then you start hyperventilating and then you start thinking incorrectly. And then as opposed to like, okay, here's my situation. I need to do whatever I can to live. You're not, you're not, you're not scared. Because scared is just an emotion that you're experiencing. This is the reality. What do I have to do to get out of it? And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Whether the bear eats you or not. But now you now you bring they say the great ones in any in any field, whether in sports or in, in war, the, the greatest ones were able to operate under pressure because they didn't let the pressure get to them. Because they didn't let the fear get to them. They stop. Yeah, they stop. just they okay, I'm not worried about the outcome. Because once you're worried about the outcome, it's over. You lost it. You can't be worried about the outcome because that's an unnecessary emotion. You just need to be worried about the now. Right now, this is my current situation. What do I got to do to get out of this situation, right? It's not a fear thing. It's just, okay, what are the next steps? That's what I'm saying. Same thing with, with financial. And like everyone's always worried about their future, but you don't realize that that, that worriness does nothing but harm you now because now you're not enjoying. And in a year from now, you're just going to be, you know? So it's very important to live in the present, to not get lost in thought, and to just experience life, you know? So just, just experiencing life, yeah, that's, that's, that's the best... You know, not get lost in your thoughts. So anyway, that's a lot of my, like, no, it's, it's an interesting thought forte some, with some the people, mental like, health game. I mean, game, I know? suffer from myself as people think about the future. And they, the they start, instead of living, like you are saying, in the present, they're living in the future. Oh, okay, I got to do my savings. I got to do this for the future. I got to set up this for the future. So they're not living the present. They're using their present for the future. And sure. They're, when they're and in the future, they're, they're, they're living in the future. It's ironic because the more successful that you are financially, typically the more caught up you get in your business and the more busy you are with the future. You're like, okay, I'm doing these numbers. Let's go. I need, I need this. I need this to survive. Yeah. I need this. It's like anything you get into. When someone gets in, once you're in, it, you're in it. Hole, like exactly. Boom, boom, some, boom, someone's boom. a financial guy. They're a financial guy. Someone's a, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it may be. Exactly. And I realized that the happiest days of my life and the most free days of my life and the most like just what were the days where I wasn't even thinking about money at all. One thing I can guarantee you is, for a soul or a deep person, who someone like me, I would say, who is troubled by things outside of just. Money, money is not going to be the solution to that because the problem wasn't money in the beginning. You know, money only solves money problems. Mm -hmm. Problem is most of humanity thinks that money solves a lot of problems, right? Money can't buy happiness. Well, oh, yes, it could. No, it can. If, can. You're, if your lack of happiness was a money thing, then yes, it can now buy you 
but 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 then but then you weren't really lacking happiness. You were just lacking a bed or this. You know, if you were lacking the Gucci bag, so then then there's probably yeah. a bigger hole that you need to figure out what's going on there. That you think that money is going to solve that. But money is just a. If you think about money, money has no value. Money only. What do you mean by that? Let's go back. To money has no- money only has value because we live in a society in which, in order to purchase things, money is the medium in which you purchase things. Money is how I purchase things. Theoretically, let's say we live in this society. Everything was free. There is this beautiful, utopic ecosystem, Yosef, where it's like anything you want, you get. You want a house? There's this beautiful organization of builders who buy you a house because that's the goodness in their heart. They just build you a house. You want food? There's this beautiful organization of people who buy food. You want to go on a vacation? There's this beautiful organization of people who fund your vacations. There's just this beautiful ecosystem of world. At that point, money becomes valueless. There's no, there's no, there's no value because everything in which you would... Something would take its place, though. Because it needs something to go around. What in order? Or, just in order to, to, to live. That's yeah. the. But what if? What if not? What if there was this unlimited ecosystem where the food comes from the, the good people who are giving who are making food for free, and the vacations come from the good people who are giving vacations for free, and the housing comes from the good. And there was just this. Everything is free. Everything mm-hmm. keeps going. And the form of payment was just this kindness type of thing. That was the form of living. You know, paying off one to another. In that case, now kesef has money has no value, and. All this internal beautiful work has value. So that's to say money inherently doesn't really have value. It's just what money buys you has value. Yeah. What has value? Financial freedom. There's value to yeah, that. That peace of mind. The, the, yeah, a house. There's with money, of, I think the biggest thing is obviously people like material things, but those are I feel like people get them wrapped, their, their heads wrapped around material things too much. Like, you know, they chase certain things. They need this new bag, they need this new watch. And sure. it's the idea, the illusion of once they get that thing, they're gonna be happy. Why are they going to be happy? Because they're going to think other people think they're cool. It's a lot of it's like status with anything. That's, a whole, that's, that's like a whole. That's a whole other whole, thing. But I'm saying money. Yeah. I think the cool thing about money, to continue on this topic, is is the things it can buy. Like it can buy you time. It can buy you experiences. It can buy you you know a nice vacation with your family. Not things people have to know about. Not like exactly. the money of like the the new social media flexing, posting like you know ridiculous things. But the beauty of of what money can buy your exactly. family, your wife, like just things that are private. Sure, that's the beauty. And that's what I was saying is that money isn't what's the value. Money is what is purchasing you that yeah, value. But let's like say theoretically there was another medium, there was another way of getting that, then the value is what you get from the money. So let's say something else got you that. Let's say this, like this, a, a beautiful ecosystem of people just getting you whatever you want. And theoretically, it's hard to process because we live in a society where money runs yeah, I, was, I would think of communism, but... <laughs> whatever it is, I don't want to get there because it's, it's all theoretical. But what I'm saying is money has no inherent value. Something, what, what love, there's an inherent value to it can't buy love, a real love between one and another, right? Loyalty or, or family, things like that that have inherent value. Being a good person, you know? Uh, your character. These are things that have value, right? That is what, but that's what people should be focused on. But many people just focus on the hunt of money, but money inherently has no value. There's just, it just buys them stuff that they think they have value. But you know, everyone wants this financial freedom, but like many times you don't realize that you chasing your financial freedom, you're, you're literally not giving yourself the, the financial freedom, which is just your peace of mind. All we want is peace of mind and, and a life that we can do what we, what we want to do. Money is the medium in which we can access that. But I'm saying is people get so lost and caught up in that, many times they look back after 50 years and be like, sheesh, man, I just worked my whole life to get this enjoyment. But like, all those experiences are now gone because I was so busy with the money. And I always have to recenter myself and be like, okay, Ezzy, yes, it's, it's a busy month and all that, but like, remember the end game. The end game, money is just a means to an end, you know? Yeah. It's not about how much money, it's about can I live the life I want to live with this money? Okay, so then when you get to a point, you know, people ask me all the time, can you say no to a gig, right? A gig comes to you and you say, you know, can you say no to it? And, and I want to say, can I, can I? I don't know if I can. I mean, and I realized I said, yes, I can. Most people can't, by the way, only because I've, I've worked on this mentally. And I did it actually once. I went to Israel for 10 days. I had four gigs increase. I didn't cancel anyone. People that asked for gigs, and I said, "No, I'm I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Why? I want to so I want to enjoy life. I wanted to show myself that I'm not a slave to money. I'm not a slave to gigs because money is only there to get me the life I want. Here I am, being able to afford Israel now. I'm going to go to Israel now, and I'm going to live the life I want to live now. And I'll worry about the other gigs when I get back. You know that ability just to say no to money will set you free. You know what I mean? So, you do, yeah, people got to live in the now. Don't be worried about the future. I, I also, is, there, is there a song coming out on this? On this? You know, I, 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 well, first off, 
I have a song called Hundreds Don't Heal, which is similar to this co concept of um, used to hustle around for a quick few hundreds. Then I made a couple more, but I didn't feel none. Still couldn't stop all the pain from coming. You got to dig deep if you're trying to feel something. That's just kind of saying like, like I used to work for money and then you make money and they make more money and you realize one second it's not feeling any of this because I was, my pain was something different than me, you know, I realized, okay, you know, money's not going to be the answer for my problems. It might be the answer for someone else's problems. I'm not gonna answer my problems, you know. And then, so when I realize, all right, let's, you know, let's let's get deep. You know what I mean? So I try to give, keep a good perspective on money because it's as you as expenses come, and obviously I'm not talking about the the way to just survive. That's very important. Then it's money you have to pay yeah, for you your family. You I'm not talking about the bare minimum of survival. Of course, that's always gonna weigh in your mind. But I think past that, the, extra, not, the luxuries, yeah, or, or even the future. Worry about the now. Any in any person in any financial situation, I'm not a rich man. I'm not. But it's not about whether you're rich or poor or, or broke or you have savings. It's not about any of that. Right now, you have to be focused on what's right now. And if it's right now, I need to hustle to pay the bills like I did when I was telling you when I just got married. I was not depressed at all. I just needed to get to X amount of dollars to handle all my expenses. That's it. And it was, you grind it out. The idea of being worried about it is just a hoax. You just got to go out and do it. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You tried. But obviously, as Jews, we have the, like the cheat code of Amuna and praying to God and all that, and just trusting in him just takes off all the anxiety. Yeah. And fear and anxiety, essentially, I don't want to sound like extremist, but fear and anxiety, essentially, is like a little bit of like a denial of God. It is, I, I know it's intense, and we all go, no, I, 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 I don't mean it. I don't, I don't mean it like fully, no, I know, I know just the concept of it's like, like you, here till yeah, now. yeah, it's you're, like, you're healthy, you have right. family, you have a kid, you, like, you, got, you have a house, you have this, like, you're, you got till here. Correct. Like, you're gonna, don't worry. Like, don't freak out. Fear comes from you like, thinking you're in control. I'm, I'm, the perfect, I'm just saying, like, what your idea. You know what I mean? Right. Some constant struggle for me or for anyone. But I'm saying that's what you're trying to... But what I'm saying is fear, for sure financial fear, comes from you thinking you're in control. Because I, I think I'm... In, I gotta set up because I, gotta I think I'm in control. I need to figure out a way to make money. I need to figure out a way to buy a house and, and raise the kids because I think I'm in control. What if... Not up to you, regardless... Not your call. Whatever money you make, not your call, buddy. Someone else is, run, someone else is, is running the show. Then what's the point of fear? I'm not, I'm not, my fear, I'm not, I'm not even one in charge, right? Yeah. That, obviously, there's Ishtadlis. Of then course, you can say Ishtadlis, you got to have a certain amount of savings. or amount, I promise you, Ishtadlis doesn't mean fear. Ishtadlis is doing, is a misa. Nothing to do with anxiety and, and thinking and fear. Nothing to do. People like draw the line of Ishtadlis. Ishtadlis is, what do I got to do to pay for money now? What do I got to do to make a living now? Not a fear thing, a, a Matthias thing. Let's get to work. What's, what's right in front of me? Let's get to work, baby. That's Ishtadlis. More than that, not Ishtadlis. Fear, not Ishtadlis. Worrying about the future, not Ishtadlis. That's denial. That's, I don't wanna, again, I don't want to sound too intense, but that's why it's, it's denial of Hashem really running the world. Whatever the future holds, God's problem, not your problem. Your problem is the now. And even your problem now, it's not your thoughts or anxiety or fears. It's what do I got to do? to get out there. I need to go ahead and do this job? Okay, I need to go ahead and get this career? Fine, do it. But it's not a fear-based thing. That's us thinking we're in control. So it's a very fine line. I think as Yidin, we, we need to really be locked in to the idea of God runs it. Any fear that comes from money is not a godly place. Do you know what I mean? And really, and other Rabbi, it makes us closer to Hashem. It gives us such, it's such a tool. I can't tell you how much I've grown in my connection with Hashem just going through financial pressures because it forces you to say, God, okay, it's you. And that creates a real relationship. You could be a bachar and yeshiva, but until there's some real life situation that's going to push you to believe in God like you've never believed in him before, as opposed to more just like reading the Torah and reading the miracles and the Bible and all that, like you experiencing life and then seeing God bepoil, nothing's going to do that more than you when you really need him and he comes through. So, you know, it's a great tool financial pressure for Amuna and connection and closeness to God, which is, it's, it's, that God. is life. What is life about? You think life is about money? When you're 70, 80, you're, you're worried about money at that point? You're worried about bigger things. You know, what did I do? Did I leave a legacy? Did I fulfill my mission? All those things. Did I connect with God? Did I, did I you know, did, did I, did I uh, make a Kiddush Hashem? Did I spread light unto the world? Did I do my mission? You know what I mean? You're not like, did I, you know, retire with 50 million in the bank or 10 million or 100,000? Like, money, it's over at that point. Everybody knows you're not taking it to the grave. So, but we, we're so busy our whole lives with it. And it's chaval, but I think as Yidin, we have this cheat code of take that financial stress and use that as a tool to get closer to Hashem. God, I believe in you, you know? I'm, I'm stressed out. That's okay. It's very important to acknowledge your stress. You have to acknowledge your human emotions, but say, I'm throwing it on you. 
and I'm just believing in you. And you'll feel this weight off your shoulders and that creates a real relationship because you're, you're, bet, you're betting on someone, you're, you're leaning on someone, on Hashem, right? And that, obviously that, that, that almost makes him more real to you because many times we don't feel God, we don't see God, it's harder to, you know? Yeah. But the situation that can bridge the gap, if you will, are sometimes these difficult situations. So I think financial stress is a great tool to emuna and in general connection with Hashem, making Hashem real in your life. Is God real in your life? Are we going through the motions or is He real? You know, I I much rather a real person to God than a guy going through the motions. Even if this guy who's real is still lacking in half the motions, he hasn't gotten there yet. But at least there's at least the foundation of a relationship is there, as opposed to someone who's doing all the right rules of the game, but he doesn't know who he's doing it for. You know, obviously these are. Big issues. Uh, these are, you need both. You need to be doing all the right roles in the game and the relationship. But I'm saying it's very important to have that foundation there. Um, and I feel like any time a person is in a financial uh, difficult situation, which is, I would say, many of us, if not most of us, use that as a tool to get closer to Shem and put it all on him and say, God, take I'm so happy. I, I feel real. I feel real now because I'm throwing it on you. And I don't have a, a, a good game plan for the future. I don't. Yeah. Every time I thought about the future, I just start stressing out. Right. So. I'm going to put that on you because I promise you, God, I know that you have a game plan for me. You know what I'm saying? And then that makes him more real in your life and then beautiful. That opens up. That, then you're living life. When you, have, when you live with God, that's what we're, we're doing it. And then when you live with, you know, you have to be true to yourself before you can be true to God. It's very important. You know, you cannot have a relationship with God if you don't have a real relationship with yourself. That's another thing in, in, in the Jewish world is that many people can go years and years and years, but they never really dug deep and find out who they are, what they are, honest, in a way. The good, the bad, the beautiful. How does one go about doing that? Let's say someone's been living their life, doing their thing, they're three million a day, their job, they're, you know, they're just going about their life. How can they dig deep? Do they have, so I would therapy, say... Therapy, you recommend... Yeah, it's asking, a good question. Ask yourself questions. Like, how, let's say someone who's never even heard of these... I mean, he's heard of these ideas, but he's never really asked himself any of these questions. Like, where, where should they start? Where so that's a good start? question. I would say, first off, just disclaimer... Not necessarily everyone needs to dig so deep. Certain people's situations didn't have certain like self-identification struggles and all that. Some people are just kind of normal, you know, where they don't necessarily need to find themselves so deep because they were never that lost. A guy like me, I, I, I went through a whole journey of just self, you know, finding and all that. So I needed to find out who is Israel Hirsch and I had to rip off a lot of the clippers and the layers and, and just strip it down and, and start from the basics. And that was this beautiful you know, process of building. And then from there, you're able to... If a person is, he's good and he's already good with himself and didn't have anything, you know, to figure out so much and all that, you don't, you don't need to... Either of it, keep doing what you're doing. The minions, all that. It's saying, just try to get a little bit more in touch with yourself, whatever, whether it's consciousness or meditation or whatever it is. Find out a little bit who you are. That's what Hasidus is. You know, this whole concept of Hasidus is not like this, like, um, you know... Hasidus essentially abandoned this Indian of Zman Tefillah, right? Where uh, up until then, halacha, no, Zman Tefillah, shachas, you have to make it. Until then, you know, time's up. You got to wait. You got to wait. Hasidim, in a way, they let that go for the greater purpose of you need to, you need to do a lot of self-reflection and find out who you are and explain this and learning, whatever you call it, the preparation before you start speaking to the creator of the heaven, the creator of animals and the creator of my heartbeat and the creator of your... I can't just walk in and be like, wait, one second, let me find out who I am. Let me, let me cleanse myself and make myself a clee, a vessel that's ready to go, speak to God. And then that conversation is so much more meaningful than the guy just wakes up, does a routine, does a tomb. Again, I'm not saying which right is wrong. I'm just saying that's what the Hasidim brought to the world, that de- depth of just finding oneself. And in which case, when you find oneself, I have a song coming out. It's not out yet. But I, it's, it's, it's a song that's called, um, it's called actually, you know, um, Find Myself. But the idea is, you know, how am I going to ever find you if I can't even find myself? It's like this kind of plea to God. How can I find you if I can't find myself? If I don't know who I am, then there's no way in the world I'm going to have a connection with you because I don't even know who I am. So who's connecting with you? I don't even know, I don't even know, who, I don't even know who, who's down here to connect with you. You need to know who's connecting with, with what. I need to connect with myself. And they're like, okay, now let's connect to God. And that's an important important role that people need to, need to do whatever, in whatever capacity. It doesn't need to be like this whole like, you know, restructuring of their lives. Keep doing what you're doing. But try to find out a little bit more. Find, make God real in whatever capacity. If you know you have a lot of work to do and you have, you've you been through traumas and you've been through things, so get to it, baby. And if you haven't and you've lived a, a regularly normal life, then beautiful, Baruch Hashem, continue with that. And just 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 make make sure make sure you're real. Make sure you're a real person. Make sure you're bought in. Continue doing all the things that we grew up with. Chinuch is the most important. You need both. Can't just you know say like, oh, I'm just going to work in a relationship and not do it. No, no, we need the Torah mitzvahs. That's our guidelines. We need that. But you, should, you also need the foundation of 
you know, who is God? Hashem wants our love. In, 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 the, in, in the end of the parsha, in Devarim, there's, there's, I forgot which parsha it was. I remember saying, it was like, it was like seven mentions of the word lev, levav chalev, you know, where our Baruch was just asking for our, the real us. You know, you could go through all the motions, but if, it's, if our lev's not in it, it's not, it's, not the, it's not the full package, you know? You want, you, want, you want to bring the full package. And when you get there, I feel like that's really when you're kind of living on a, on a higher sphere. You're kind of doing what you're supposed to be doing. I would say in general, if you're ever worried... You're not, you're not, you're not living, you're not living at the highest, you know, where you're supposed to be living. That is, it's essentially a curse. Nervousness, worriness, it's a curse. That's right, baby. People don't, people, okay, side note, and this, I'm a big believer in this. Working is a curse. I didn't say it, God did. It was the punishment, it was literally the curse that we got punished for Adam and Chava from eating from the Eitz What was it supposed to be? Chilling in Gan Eden with my beautiful Polar seltzer, you know, I have my, you know, my chumash open, I'm enjoying the, the, the beautiful greenery, this beautiful river, I'm learning Arbenu Bacha, or Amban, whatever it is, I'm drinking ice cold seltzer, life is delicious. That's what it was meant, that was meant to be, that was Gan Eden. And then we messed up, Chavana, you know, and they sinned, and God's like, All right, y'all done screwed up, Now, you got to work for your bread. So everyone's like, oh, what do you do for a living? Right? It's, it's, it's such a busy question. It comes from oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, what do you do? I do this. this, this. Oh, oh, oh are, you, are you retired? It's okay? I, the guys who are retired, living, I envy them the most. So those are my role models. Because they're tapping back into Adam Rish and Kadam This Everyone's so busy being a workaholic. You forget that it's a curse. It's a curse being a workaholic. It's bizay sepecha techelechem. And it's a, it's a double-edged sword. One is that now you have this financial burden that you have to go ahead and work in order to bring bread. But two, the nature, this is, this is the second edge of the sword, the nature of what work is is a curse because work is, like you said, this rabbit hole. It's a it's a created yeah, God some created people start, right. They work to live, and then some people end up living to work. Exactly. Like some people can't retire. They're like, what am I going to do? God made this work being so consuming, where even when you people have millions in the bank, I'm telling you, I know people with millions in the bank and they're they're stressed financially. That's it, a curse. It, it becomes a game. Exactly, it's a it, curse. It becomes a game. They get better at the game and they continue it, and then it's like it just becomes essentially a numbers game. And becomes you, they, becomes they start you. Working more, they start getting yeah, earlier. It's a hamster later. wheel. It's just like you can't, you can't forget those guys who are re retired. But people love it. They they get up. They're like, I mean, I don't know if they love it, love it, but they, they love to grind. Everyone's like, oh, you grind, grind all day. I mean, listen, that's not important. Work is not. You know what's important? Real work. What are you doing out there? Are you affecting someone else's life? Are you bringing your light into the world? Did you bring godliness into the world? Were you mikadeshim mishmar? That's the work. That you, that's not. That's not a curse work. That's the real work. This thing that we're hustlers and even in Yiddin, it's like, oh, I, I work eleven hours a day. Like, oh, I respect this guy because he gets up at five p.m. He's grinding in the office till nine p.m. I don't respect that guy. I'm sorry. I respect the guy who needs to go ahead and, and, and support his family, but I don't respect the guy who makes work is like the grind don't stop. It's a curse. Your job is to. You know, make enough money to live the life that you're supposed to do. That's when the work starts. What are you doing now that you have the money? What are you doing? Are you giving stucca? Are you helping people? Are you spreading light? Are you making people feel better about themselves? Are you bringing down kadusha? Are you doing whatever, whatever your you, actual you work is? Creating value in people's lives. Correct. Because I mean, work could also be. Let's say someone's work. They're providing actual value and they're exchanging it for money. It could be very sure if, if fulfilling. If someone's a psychologist, if someone's you know, whatever someone's doing that's actually of providing course. real value. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking. Uh, no, no, no. That's no, no, a deeper. Back. I know. That's no, no. deeper. I'm talking. Uh, about even a guy who's not providing any value with no, that's what I'm talking. He about. needs no, no, to do. I'm talking about example. being caught up in it. No, no, no. That's no, that's right, what I'm saying. Right, I'm, right. I'm saying the opposite. I know we're talking before <laughs> about a guy who's just a workaholic and right. working numbers. But I'm saying there are people who, who also their their work. I'm not talking about the grind. They actually are, are providing real value. Beautiful. And uh, you yeah. know, right, Manus Friedman. Sure, of course. So he he said something like I, I it's still stuck in my head to this day, and I, I heard it. And maybe I think I was on YouTube or in person. I forget, honestly. But like he said, if somebody wants to be happy in life or fulfilled, he said you should be needed, not needy. Yeah, so that, beautiful. That, then that line stuck with me. He was like, "Are you needed? Like for your family, for your wife, for your kids, in your community? Are you needed? Do people rely on you to be there to help with a minion, to help with this, whatever it may be, to you know, to provide." Or are you needy? Oh, I need this new thing. I need to get this. I need to work more. I need to make this money. Like, like, def like, if you really sit down, you think, am I a needed person or am I needy? And if you lean towards more towards needed, you're going to be way more fulfilled in life. Because you're you. I would even go deeper to what he said. Are you needed? You said by your wife, by your kids, by your family, by your community. Are you needed by yourself? You are. The most important person who needs you is you. 
And this is like super deep meditation, internal consciousness thing, but that's where it what starts. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by mean that? Say, mean to say, you are needed regardless if someone else needs you. Let's say a person doesn't have a wife, a kid, and a family. And a sham or what do you mean? Oh, it's your own purpose. Let's say a person doesn't have a wife, okay. a kid, a family, or a community that needs them. They still are so, they are still so needed. Because God put them here, that makes them needed. Re even if they don't know a single person outside needs them, they are so needed because they need themselves. Because when you need, I, I need to be there for myself. I got to have my own back. And when I have my own back, then I'm shining. And when I'm shining, inevitably, I'm going to do my purpose and, and help people outside of me. But even if people don't have the immediate need from their community, family, wife, kids, they are needed for, by themselves. Don't give up on yourself. Be there for yourself because you're, God put you here, you're needed. Yourself needs you, and then once you're once you're once yourself and you got yourselves back, you'll be shining. You'll be you'll be you'll be fulfilling your purpose. You will always a person is always needed by themselves even before they get to uh, uh, you know uh, dependables. You know what I mean? So so it, it's very important and 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 to, and, and to know the the worth of it. You're on this planet. I promise you, you have such a beautiful special ability. People think, oh, I'm not this type of guy. I'm this type of guy. God don't miss. And you don't make any mistakes. And there's billions and billions and billions of souls up there and malachim that didn't get the cut to make it down to this world to do it tough kid if you were the select few yeah we look at the seven million but if you were the select few you're on this world your world you are so needed and so beautiful and the biggest chaval is when people don't see that in themselves and god forbid they go a different way or whatever it is know your value internally regardless of anyone else needing you and then you'll realize how many people once you know that you you need yourself, you realize, oh my gosh, how many people need you? Because then you're shining. You're your beautiful self and so many people need that. People in the community, people in your family, they need that light. They need that, you know what I mean? Be the best version of yourself and oh my gosh, you'll be shining. You won't, you don't, you won't even realize how many people need you. But it always starts with you. When did you get into like, and not into, but passionate about this topic and about expressing it and about thinking about it? I got into it, I would say, when I realized that I was struggling a lot mentally and I realized I needed to figure this out ASAP because I just wasn't in a good place and I did a lot of like mental work th uh, therapy just consciousness really finding my learning about the brain and the mind and all that and I really had to do we're talking about years and years of just you know, wringing out the towel you know what I mean just real avoid that just we're talking about years of pain mental pain and mental pain is a lot more difficult than physical pain you know what I mean it's just like you like we spoke about before physical pain is really only the mental process of it you know yeah. like the shot the person just gets the shot it's two seconds and it's gone and obviously there's certain physical physical pain which is obviously yeah. immense i'm not talking about that i'm just talking in general mental pain is a lot you know more, more intense like general. i you know uh, what's his name tyson fury i think he's a, he's a boxer yeah. he's and he said it and i was like i'm not a boxer because i can't speak about that but he was saying how his mental pain is because he's someone who dealt with like a lot of mental illness or whatever it is and he said that like he, he can't even compare the, the 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 pain in the boxing match, and he's like he's got blood, he's got knocked out, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, compared to the struggle that he goes through mentally, and that's a guy who's getting physically beaten up all the time. Because yeah, me mental pain can torment you when you're sleeping. Yeah, you it's it's it's, it's 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 ruthless, ruthless, exactly. Physical pain is somewhat fickle. Mental pain has this like long lasting effect. So either way, I just had to kind of I, over the last couple of years, I really got into a brush. I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm like a, I'm just a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for mental health for people to be open about their struggles. If you have struggles, find it and conquer it, and 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 put in the work. It might take years but grind and be yeah, open some people and love are scared it to like tell a friend hey it's taboo are you kidding yeah, me it's Ta very taboo it's weird because it's like oh i'm uh, i'm feeling down or oh i'm feeling like i'm losing my purpose and they're scared to say that because yeah, they're like weird or oh my gosh is he normal is he gonna find the shit like all these like ridiculous labels that we put up when i started this like avoided like nine ten years ago i was afraid to talk to anyone about it it was so taboo now it's much more normal just to give you perspective blue shield my insurance they now cover mental health part of insurance. Back in my day, there was no such thing as insurance for mental health. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're paying out of pocket three fifty a session every time, thousands of dollars just to kind of feel yourself. You know, just to feel normal. You know what I mean? And I was I remember doing that. I was like, I don't care. You know, but nowadays, big insurance companies are paying for your and people aren't taking advantage. Be open about it. Be your best self. You'll you'll turn into this beautiful butterfly out of this cocoon and you will just be and you'll do your purpose and it's amazing and, and i'm i'm the i'm i am and this is not a flex because of the work that i did i am the healthiest mental person i know and i so so was not five six years ago that's amazing because i i'm, I'm how can you not be i'm grinding on it every day when certain people are not working on it every day if a guy's running five miles every day he's going to be healthier than the guy who's not running at all because he was afraid to go into that field of running he's afraid to lose or afraid to not he's afraid, you know so I, I 
I think the healthiest people are the ones who go to therapy. People think, oh, he's, he's, not, he's not so normal. He goes to therapy. It's, I'm it's, a little it's, bit it's reserved being, from people who haven't been to therapy at this point. Yeah, I'm like, eh, It's about being sure. vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like, are you sure you're okay? Because, you know, everyone is, everyone's got something. Like, no one's 100% all good. So, like, you sure? You know, like, I'm much more weirded out now by a guy who's never spoken anything or never expressed his struggles than a guy who's, who's been honest and open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Either way. No, because people have this conception, oh, it's it's not masculine to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's machine. It's, yeah. it's not. Mishigas. Um... <laughs> Do, do you think, I mean, now that we're talking about this topic, do you have any ideas for maybe making an organization about this? Was it ever like a thought or, or is it like an organization or even a company or? It has been a thought. I brew, I, it seems like you're really passionate I'm about very something. Passionate and, it, about and it's, and, you know, you even got my, you know, you even got me thinking about this a lot and like got me thinking, hey, do I think about this enough? Do I work on this enough? So I'm sure there's many people out there listening to this, um, whoever it is, and be like you know wow like i never thought about this i like think about it i do think about it to do to, to, you know it's funny i would say a couple of years ago when i still was just you have to understand it's a very very dangerous place to be because if you're learning your path to, to to health mental health it's very easy to fall back into where you know until you really really put in that work and then you're like okay I, i'm i'm you can't say you're, you're always i'm good you know but like i was nervous to bring it up about it until I felt like I did my own work because I don't want to get swept back in. It's like a guy who is hanging out with a bunch of drug addicts his whole life and he's a drug addict and then like he's clean for five years. It's like, okay, you want to start, do you want to open a, a, a program for drug addicts? It's a beautiful thing to help them but you're also very nervous. I don't want to get, I don't want to be all around them and get swept back in and God forbid, and God forbid lose it. So I was very nervous with that. Of I was very afraid to until I felt like I was strong enough to hold my own in it and not get pulled back that people are struggling because in order to lift someone up from a pit, you got to be strong enough outside the pit yeah. before you start lifting them up. Because if you're not strong enough, guess what? In. You're falling right back into that pit. In anything in life, all these people who start organizations for rehab or drugs and have those experiences, I believe they've only started once they're, I mean, I don't know if you got everything, but their footing is chazak. I know where I'm at. I'm not, let me, sorry. Let me lift you up. Let me lift you up because I'm here. And obviously, you can never bet on yourself. Always have, so to speak, the chain, someone holding you down a little bit. You need, you know, but I was nervous to go into it until I really felt strong that I'm, okay, I've really done my work. I'm, I'm ready to help people as opposed to me getting back lost into it. So that was always like a little bit of a struggle. People have asked me, hey, can you speak to my son? Can you speak to my kid? Can you speak to this person? I know that you're good with that. multiple calls because they know in private, I've spoken about it. I'm like, can you, and I said, I'm not ready yet to, to have someone else's. The social work is really big now. Yeah, like exactly. I'm not, I'm not in a place yet to take in someone else. I feel I, I still have my own work to do. But eventually, maybe, and if I can help people, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's anything great in the world than helping another person out of their own pit. You know? Amazing. I mean, that's what, gosh, you know, listen, the last time, the last time we lifted someone out of a pit, you know, it was Yosef, and he ended up becoming the king, you know? Yes, the, the, between the lifting of the pit and him becoming the king, there's a lot of difficulty, but once you lift a guy out of a pit, you know, he's on his own. He can do, he can do great things. So, um, yeah, it is something I'm passionate. I don't know about the future, whether I'll start an organization or... I do want to do a podcast at some point about this just to put in the forum of, I want you people to start feel... One. I know, I, I need to get into... You already a, do music, you already The technical audio, side of thing, I need, I, need, I, need, I need to lock down. It's, it's been brewing it's for a while. It's very simple. I might do like a, a from forward podcast on how to set up a podcast. I think that would be it's great. It's super simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally YouTube everything. For sure. I now think if you do that... Not all the necessary I'll, equipment I'll, I'll, I needed. I'll be all in. You need basically an audio interface, right? Two microphones, a camera or two. You can even do three if you want to be fancy. And two chairs. Honestly, this it's is really great. Simple. I think I might just buy your whole setup yeah. and ask so you, you, you know, send me the audio links. interface, two mics, and you can even run it on one iPhone if you want. And you just link up the audio to the to the video, and then you have a podcast. You put it on a platform, Spotify or uh, Apple. And or you have the video, too. You put it on YouTube, right? Yeah, I right? video. I put it on, I put it it's on amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to speak to you after this about the Bezos yeah. But yeah, it's something I'm passionate about. I want people to be healthy. Gen Z is struggling big time, more than ever. Mental health is the highest I think it's ever yeah, there's been. A, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm not a professional in this at all, but like one of my opinions is I think people aren't doing enough physical, like strenuous activities. Like they're not working out. They're not getting outside. They're not playing sports like they used to. Like, you know, when we grew up, like I remember like Chaim and I used to go play basketball, go surfing. Like we were up early 5 a.m. Like doing, acti like getting yeah. out there and experiencing physical hardship, which made, you know, mental things easier. And just, just, you know, experiencing that like now one, people yeah. live in this, I mean, I'm a victim of it too, but they live in this like this utopia of social media, 
Instagram, YouTube, sure. um, TikTok, sure. WhatsApp is becoming its own animal. And they're just like constantly living in another world and they're experiencing world, other yeah. people's other people's life experiences through videos and through content. And then they come back into their world and they're like sitting in their bed or they're on a couch and they're like, what am I doing with my life? And they're not doing enough to, to be themselves. They're living other people's lives to watching other people's stuff. That and can very, very I well be a strong component uh, of, I, I just want to, people say this a lot and I want to say that is a big component into mental health struggles nowadays, but I also want to say, it's not all, for, for example, someone like me, 10 years ago when I was really going, when I started going through mental health issues or just finding myself, I was active. I was doing all that. Yes. Social media wasn't, the smartphone didn't exist yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's yes, it can be a reason, but it's not the reason. It's exacerbating it for sure. What I'm saying, it can be, yeah. People have struggles regardless. People have been depressed 30 years ago too. What I'm saying, even way before any of this stuff, it can be one of the reasons and that can be a solution, but it can also not be a solution. There is, you know, there's many different, has many different colors, mental health, and whatever your struggle is, you need to make sure to go find it. But yeah, you could be many people of this generation is more because they're so fixated on people's opinions and social media and is this person cooler than me and is this person prettier than me and is this person nicer than me and is this person have richer than me and more It's always, com com you know, comparison. You can never be happy ever if you're comparing it's gone it's over you then you're not living your life so of course you can't be happy you're not living you're, you're living a, a fantasy life so what's happening happiness is internal i'm no longer internal i'm there so where's the happiness coming of course that's basic so that yeah, is a big reason you know? yeah yeah so definitely but i feel like the generation is struggling with it and every, all these kids and 16 7 year olds on tiktok they're all happy and dancing and cool fits and what's up what's up and all the things but deep down they're struggling and who's going to speak to them Who's going to reach to them? Who's going to let them know it's okay? Hey, let's let's figure this out. Let's figure this out together. I've yeah. been there, you know. I, in, in in my song uh, "Hundreds on Hill," I say, "Who gonna talk about it if it's not for me? Who gonna reach the youngins if it's not for me? Maybe you just haven't seen the pain I've seen. I ain't gonna stop. I'ma always be me. Every week, wedding checks. My mind's still a wreck. Gang tired of the stress, and it still couldn't rest. But I'm up to the test because I know that the best gonna happen to the people who make it out the trenches. You, just, you know, so I have this. That, you, you memorize all your songs. Yeah, yeah. Every single song you put out, you know, you know by heart. I think so, yeah. Wow. But like, I was saying, like, who, who's going to talk about it? Yeah. If it's not for me. Like, who's going to reach the youngins? Who's going to talk to these kids if it's not for me? I remember every every week writing checks to therapists. Here's 350 bucks that I don't have. I'm going to have to pull out of some whatever. You know what I mean? Take from my parents because they're kind enough to, 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 to pay for these sessions. Praise Hashem. You know, like, now, you know, like, I was doing it because my mind was a wreck. Yeah. You know, and you ju I just need, I need to get, and it started the beautiful process of self-discovery. People need it, man. It is the coolest thing to do is to find out your true self. You will never be cooler and whatever what people think is when you're your honest, when you're your true self, you don't care about perception. You're free. I do not care about people's perception of me. Most people don't get to that state. I've only got to say because of the years and years and years of legwork I put in to just be free. And it's not like, oh, screw you. I don't care about you. No, no, no. God forbid. I love you. I love you. I don't care about other people's opinions about me, but I love everyone. It's not a negative, I don't care about your opinion. It's the most positive, I don't care about your opinion. I care about what I'm supposed to be doing. What am I doing in life? Am I doing the right thing? Zehu, am I cool in your eyes? Doesn't bother me. I'm comfortable by it myself. You know what I mean? If you're comfortable with yourself, that is the only thing that matters. And by the way, side note, cheat code, once you're comfortable with yourself and nothing bothers you, in other people's eyes, you're the coolest person too. Okay, I think I decided for you. I think you should... I don't know about taking a break from music, but go to social work, get your get I your think license. about it, bro. I think about it. I, or, I, look, I'm just food for thought, but you can do it on the side. People what, have asked me this. two, three days a week? I mean, I, have, I know a few people in social work. Do that, get your license, and you can book up clients once to once. No, you're right. It's, it, it's, a, it's a nice career. And like no, you said, no, can, I think you're very passionate about it, and I think it's, like, forget the financial gains you can get. Yeah, 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 for sure, for I sure. I think, like, you're very passionate about it, and you can help a lot of people. That's, I mean, that's like, like we spoke about in life. That's life. That's giving. Then you're living. You know what I mean? Then you're living. Yeah. You're doing your tachlis. But um, where are we at now? What time is yeah, it? Yeah, so we're... Oh. <laughs> uh, any more? Sorry, I just feel bad. No, no. We're, it's four, almost 4.30. Okay, so, so we, we got to we tap on a second. Almost an hour. I literally, I don't think I went on one question. Do you want to go through them and see if there's one that you wanted I mean, to ask or no? I think we started off with like the music and we kind of right. dabbled in that. And then I'll the just conversation end off, took on its own. Yeah, like, I'll end off that. Which I think my, is the best. Yeah, that, those are the most honest conversations. These questions are just kind of, you know... I'll look, let me look them over really quick, see if yeah, there's anything. Yeah, take your time. Okay, uh, this is a good one I want to ask. Um, at least I think it is. Um, so are there any, like, misconceptions you think people have of you or Jewish singers oh, in general? Oh, for sure. Of me. From singer, rapper, 
what are the misconceptions? Or what do you think people think of you? Or what? Well, yeah, let's start. Let's, that's for that's sure. One so it's a great. I, I love that question. That I was thinking for sure. There's misconceptions about me. People don't even know I'm religious Jew. People are like you know because all they hear is the Ezzy hip hop music and like is this guy Jewish? He's yeah, religious. Yeah. Also to cut you off. Yeah. You no, you're good. On this question, like people like assume like oh okay Ezzy's uh, he does rap like he's probably like singing in clubs. I'm like what are you saying? These are religious. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? like the, that's what people assume. So like what have you dealt with? And, and I dealt with this all the time. Well, so I this question because very I passionate. Don't want you to be late. No, no, it's good. Well, end off with this. I am very passionate. And again, this was part of my self journey. Um, I think I have very alive and, and, and wanting, uh, and needy soul. It just needs truth and reality and all. And because of that, it, um, is very drawn to spirituality and richness and Torah. But the physical side of things that can block that is my mental health struggles, which has stopped me from learning Torah many times because I need to get my, myself, stopped me from being so focused on my connection because I, before I connection with God, I, I got to figure out myself, all those things. But when I'm in a good place, my soul definitely runs wild and I love learning just God's word. I just love it. It's like, it's just, and I can only say that when I'm in a healthy place. If I'm not in healthy, and I, I go up and down, you know what I mean? Like, and if I'm not in a great place, then I'm not able to open up the book and, and really, you know, connect but when i am it's like it's like it's like oh my god it's amazing so a big misconception about me is people don't know that like i have this fire and spiritual side in me which when the healthier i am the more it's locked the less healthy i am i mean the, the more it's locked you know what i mean but that's why i really want to focus on, on getting healthy and many times to to, to really unlock it you gotta like you know, almost like you read the torah sometimes you gotta close the book and be like, i'm not ready for the torah right now you know it's not always for someone who, who struggles with mental health it's not always the time for torah all you more importantly than Torah is finding out who yourself is so you can learn Torah, you know, because I've been in places when I wasn't myself and it was just very bad and like it puts you in a weird place. So, but, but the biggest misconception is like many times I'll eat at Shabbos meals and I'll just like, I love learning the Torah, man. I love learning the Chumash and Rashi and the Mepharshim and the Rabbeinu Bachis and the Rambans and the Ibn Ezra and, and, and the Kleyakas and the Orach Kadesh who I'm a descendant of. I love the, you know, I, tr I, I try to learn these beautiful, you know, words of our unbelievable scholars that we had you know to to to, to, to get their, their wisdom and i love that and many times that as a shopping i'll just speak and everyone's like yo as you go oh man i don't know you got this side in you bro like you got you got some tour i'm like music is a medium that i want to use but i want to use like in a way like i want to get people to find their own truth in their own way with God. You don't need to be the firmest person. I don't care if you keep all 613 or you keep none. That doesn't, that's not, that's not my issue. That's a you and God thing. But more important to me is, are you internalizing whatever you're doing? Are you getting real? And once you're real, oh my gosh, dude, Torah is going to be real to you because you're real. It's, 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 it's spirituality. It, it, it transcends any sort of physical limit. But if you're inside the physical you know, boundaries and the clippers and the coverings are there, then the spirituality is not going to hit the way it's supposed to hit. So I'm, my goal is I just want people to open themselves to be a kli that's ready to tap in. If you have an ashama, you are a spiritual, you are a spiritual beast, baby. Let's go. You know what I mean? You just got to unlock it. And many people haven't tapped into that. And, and anyone who's like, oh, I'm not spiritual, that just means you haven't tapped into your spiritual side. That's normal. I've been there. I've been locked. I've been locked from my spirituality. I might be locked again from my spirituality. That's cool. That's the physical limitations God put me in. We're in this physical world. Some people's physical, uh, you know, you know, clippers are going to be mental health. Some people's physicals are other temptations, whatever it is, and that's fine. Find yourself, dig deep, and hopefully you, you rise above that. And then that's life. That's Yosef, I mean, we're, we're holding the partial Yosef Tzaddik. Look at him. He had a physical temptation. He had the strongest physical temptation. And if he didn't have a real self-purpose and identification, he would have lost. He would have been like, yeah, I give in. It's just Petifa, you got me. But he didn't. He dug deep. He's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dog. Let's go! You know, the Gemara says, you saw the, the picture, the picture, the Dukhanish the, Shalaviv, the image of his dad, and that kind of gave him the, the strength. Look at the healthy upbringing. Gosh, how can I hurt my, how can I disrespect and hurt my dad? I know that he would not be proud of me. I would only get to that place because he has a beautiful relationship with his dad, because he loved his dad, his dad loved him, his dad gave him trust. Yosef, I know that you're going to be amazing. I believe in you. And when, when the son feels that, dad, I don't want to let you down. Oh, I don't want to let you, I know you'd be so, so hurt if I did this sin. Forget like forget God for a second. I know, you know, Dad, Todd, I don't want to hurt you. That's like the that's like the more tangible way. And then you realize, hold up, it's all just a, it's all just a. That's all just a muscle for how we look at God. God, my Dad, I don't want to hurt you. 
You've done so much for me, you believed in me. That's the real way of, of, of overcoming Averos. As a person looking at Hashem, the way he looks at his father. The same way Yos- I'm saying a deeper level. He looked at his dad and saw Yaakov and he says, I'm not going to do it. Look where I come from. Look at the beautiful family. Look at this unbelievable, like, 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 like Yichus I have. I don't want to hurt my dad. I don't want to do that. I respect him and love him so much. I can't afford to see him in pain. I know this would pain him. Let's go, I'm a dog. And he, and he ran away. He took every koichas in his body to go ahead, and, but he did it. And you know where that led him? King of Mitzrayim, baby. I'm a king. Wear that crown. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that is all a muscle for God. God is our father. And you want, in order to feel that relationship, we say, God, you know what? Yes, I'm struggling. I, this this type is right here in front of me. Whatever it may be, Lashnara or type is Nashim, whatever it is. But you've done so much for me. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Pops, I don't want to hurt you. You know, I love you. And because I'm a dog, let's dig deep. That is Tachas Abriya. To choose Hashem, not to be forced into like, I can't do it because my Rebbe is going to slap me. He doesn't want that. He wants you to choose him over that. That's the point of Elisa says, just to get to that says, to choose God. You know what I mean? They're all little distractions in the game. It's an obstacle course. What's an Avera? It's an obstacle course. Here's the game. Score a bunch of goals. There's a defender there. The Elisa says are defenders. I'm not going to let you score. All right. Do a little messy on him. Fake him out. Boom. Score. Choose God. In order to choose God, you have to have a healthy relationship with God. Otherwise, I promise you, you're never going to choose him. Never gonna choose, you're never going to choose him, I'm saying, you're never going to choose him with your, full, with, your, with your full you. You might choose him because you feel forced into it. But that's, 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 you want Aveda and Ahava and Meira. You know what I mean? You want both. You want the love and the combination. If it's just, if it's just fear, anyone can do it. Don't do this or I'm going to kill you. Okay, fine. You just love yourself. I don't want to get hurt, so I'm going to do it. You don't love God. Right? If you love God, you're doing it for God. God, I, I know that you've done so much. We have such a relationship. I don't want to hurt you. Let's go. I'm a dog. Beast. Chaim to Mishalm, guys. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, I'm glad everyone was able to see as a beautiful person, a beautiful soul. Anyone who, who listened to this entirety could, um, you can you can see a lot about you that, you know, you obviously see through music. But as you can see, we barely even discuss music. So yeah. you get to see the, <laughs> the true, the true Ezzy, and you can see him as a person here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you guys thank for you tuning, for, tuning in. And make time. sure, guys, to like and subscribe and follow. From forward. Thank you. And share. Big things I mean, the biggest share. thing you can do now is just share. Share it. If you enjoyed it, you found any value in the podcast, just share it with someone. Yeah. And that way more people hear it, and that way it's worth it, you know? Yes. Appreciate um, you all. Already. Thank you so much. Love you all. Thank you, brother. Shkoyach. Shkoyach. Yeah, man.